Hoffaday, and welcome to this episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, January 11th, 3.05 p.m. here during the live broadcast of Live Till 5. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM. You can listen to us online through khmg.org. Check out the new format of our website, by the way. It's simple, streamlined, easy for you to navigate. And you can listen to the stream of this radio broadcast online anytime. You can also download the podcast of this show and many other great shows we produce right here at KHMG. would love to have you have access to those great resources. Also, if you missed part of the show or you just want to listen again and again, you can tune in Saturdays from noon to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m., when we rebroadcast all two hours of the show in its entirety, catch us on the rebound. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. And let us know you're listening. You can send us an email through our website, khmg.org. Or even better, go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us, give us a little thumbs up, follow us, and then you'll get updates anytime we upload a new podcast or want to share some great news with you on our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram and Great way for you to see some of the photos and things that come from Harvest Family Radio. Good to have you with us today. This is episode 298. We've been doing this live, local, Friday afternoon show for two hours every Friday, except for the first couple episodes. The first few episodes, we only did 90 minutes, but that felt awkward. So now we do two hours So for about at least 290 of these, 298 episodes, it's been two hours long. We do it all live right here in the studio of KHMG, located on the third floor, directly above the hub here at Harvest Christian Academy and Harvest Baptist Church Campus. You can stop by and visit us Monday through Friday during business hours and see the whole operation. Meet Chris and Sebastian and Deborah. You can see our studio where we are broadcasting from right now. And, uh... Bringing chocolate chip cookies is always a nice gesture. Just saying. It's, there's there's no cover charge to get into the radio station, but if there were, chocolate chip cookies would be the currency of the day. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show today. We love having this show. We hope to entertain you, inform, educate, edify you in your Christian walk, and just all around give you a nice little alternative Welcome back to school, by the way. No matter what school you go to, you might be in the car right now listening after getting picked up, or maybe you're the one picking up students from school, and you might be in one of the many car lines around Island. I feel your pain. I've been there many, many times, hundreds and hundreds of times in my life, probably thousands of times I've sat in car lines, and now my kids are old enough where I don't have to go through car line anymore. But I do feel your pain, and hopefully this will entertain you while you sit there in car line and move a few inches at a time as uh, teachers and security crossing guards try to move you through the, the line as quickly as possible. Hey, it's the month of January, January 11th for this live broadcast. A few observances for this month, including but not limited to Eye Care Month, Family Fit Lifestyle Month, Financial Wellness Month, Get a Life Balanced Month, Get Organized Month, 
Human Resource Month, International Brain Teaser Month. Oh, International Brain Teaser. Let's let's take a little rabbit trail on that. You ever hear the uh, brain teaser uh, about um, who should the princess ask? A princess visits an island inhabited by two tribes. Members of one tribe always tell the truth. Members of the other tribe always lie. The princess comes to a fork in the road. She needs to know which road leads to the castle so as to avoid the fire-breathing dragon and rescue the prince from the wizard holding him captive in the castle. Standing at the fork of the road is a member of each tribe, but the princess can't tell which, which each belongs to. What questions should she ask to find the road to the castle? What the princess doesn't know is the south road leads to the castle and the north road leads to the dragon. Simply asking which road, this is brain teaser month, so that's why I'm sharing this. Simply asking which road leads to the castle won't help. The answer won't tell us which tribe member is lying and which is telling the truth. However, we really only need to talk to one of them. The trick is to ask the question where the response will be the same from both people. The question that incorporates how the member of the tribe is not answering uh, would respond to the same question. For example, what if we say to one of the tribe members, if I asked a member of the tribe you don't belong to which road I should take to get to the castle, what would he say? If you asked the truth teller, the response would be, he would say take the north road. The road the castle, it, the road to the castle is the south road, so the liar uh, will tell them to take the north road, and the truth teller will faithfully report this to us. If you ask the liar, the response would be, he would say to take the north road. The road to the castle is the south road, and the truth teller would tell us to take the south road, but the liar would not report this faithfully to us. He would say the opposite. In both cases, you'd get the same response. We should do the opposite of what we have been told, because regardless of whether we are speaking to a liar or a truth teller, our question will always produce the wrong answer in which road we should take. So that's a brain teaser. You ever hear the hear that before? It's There's many different iterations of that brain teaser but it's brain teaser month back to the list international change your stars month international child centered uh let's see here uh divorce awareness month international creativity month international new year's resolution month for businesses international quality of life month to name a few there are also some weekly observances january is kind of cram-packed with observances for example Home Office Safety and Security Week is the 6th through the 12th. National Folic Acid Awareness Week, 6th through the 12th. I believe dark green leafy veggies give you a lot of folic acid if you're not taking a supplement for that. And it's very important for expectant moms. Dating and Life Coaches Recognition Week is this week. Lose Weight, Feel Great Week. Elvis's birthday celebration happened a few days ago, and it's celebrated throughout the week. Consumer Electronics Show ends today. So you'll hear about all the new gadgets and tech toys out there. Uh, let's see here. National Soccer Coaches of America Week. We're right in the middle of that right now. Cuckoo Dancing Week. That starts today. Don't know what that is. Uh, Freshly Squeezed Juice Week comes up next week. Okay. And then as far as daily observances go, today being the 11th of January, let's see here. Today is Amelia Earhart Day. Cigarettes are hazardous to your health day. Thank you day. Learn your name and Morse code day. That's probably getting less and less popular. When I was a kid, 
you could buy walkie-talkies, and that would be like one of our annual Christmas gifts, and it had the Morse code um, at the bottom of the walkie-talkie, so you could practice doing the little Morse code with it. Nowadays, I don't know if kids are learning that valuable skill. Milk Day, Human Traffic Awareness Day, National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friend Day, and Secret Pal Day is today the 11th. Tomorrow the 12th is Curried Chicken Day. That's a very good thing. Eagle Day, uh, Kiss a Ginger Day. If you have any redheads in your family, don't forget to give them a kiss tomorrow. Hot Tea Day is tomorrow. Uh, Marzipan Day, Pharmacist Day, Vision Board Day, and Work Harder Day. The 13th, Sunday, Make Your Dreams Come True Day, Peach Melba Day. I've never had Peach Melba, I don't think. Sticker Day, Sunday Supper Day, Poetry Break Day, Public Radio Broadcasting Day, Rubber Ducky Day. The 14th, C-Section Day, Coming of Age Day, International Kite Day, Clean Off Your Desk Day, Dress Up Your Pet Day, Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day, I could celebrate that. Organize Your Home Day, Orthodox New Year's, and Ratification Day. The 15th, Alpha Kappa Alpha Day, Hat Day, Humanitarian Day, Bagel Day, Rid the World of Fad Diets and Gimmicks Day, Mississippi State Holiday, and Strawberry Ice Cream Day. The 16th, Appreciate a Dragon Day, Civil Service Day, International Hot and Spicy Food Day, Fig Newton Day. Don't bother celebrating that. They're not that good. They don't deserve a national holiday is all I'm saying. They don't even absorb milk, people. You put a Fig Newton in milk, you pull the Fig Newton back out, it, it barely turns wet. It just eventually disintegrates the cookie crust. Yeah, not worth it. Anyway, that was my favorite thing to trade off out of my lunch besides the Braunschweiger sandwich. Uh, national Nothing Day. Quinoa Day is on the 16th. And uh, without a scalpel day. And then the 17th, Ben Franklin's birthday, cable car day. Ditch your New New Year's resolution day. Get to know your customers day. International mentoring day. Judgment day. Kid inventors day. And Popeye day. So there you go. Those are all different observances provided to me by none other. Bob the librarian and registrar and great guy. Thank you very much for all that, Bob. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. But before we do, I just want to take a minute, give you some numbers. By the numbers, I got this, I compiled this from a number of, a number, see what I did there? Uh, a, A variety of different sources, all from World Magazine, but different issues here. And so I have some numbers to run by you here. Some of them are sublime and some of them are sobering and some of them are kind of funny and interesting. 10,000, that was the number of accounts Twitter deleted in September and October after the company discovered they were spreading automated messages discouraging voting. 69 is the age of the man in the Netherlands who asking the court to change his legal age to 49. Emil Rattleband said he feels 20 years younger and claims his age impacts his ability to find work and find dates on Tinder. Hmm. 40 million, that's the average estimate of military and civilian casualties in World War I. November 11th had marked the 100th anniversary of the end of the war. 42.7% the share of Americans who claim they specifically eat the narrow white end of the candy corn first. 100,000, the number of seasonal workers Amazon expected was expected to hire this year for the Christmas holiday season. 
40, the number of U.S. House seats Democrats gained in the midterm elections. 85,000, approximate number of children below the age of five who have died from starvation or disease in Yemen civil war, the Yemeni civil war, according to Save the Children. Zero, the number of Pearl Harbor survivors from the USS Arizona in attendance at a December 7th commemoration in Honolulu, the first time that no survivor from the ship was well enough to attend. $93,502, the amount the New Orleans Saints owner, Gail Benson, spent this Christmas season paying off more than 400 layaway orders for strangers at a local Walmart. And 114 is the number of Christians in Iran, or Iran, that authorities there arrested in a single week in early December, according to World Watch Monitor. Most detainees were released within hours, but each had his cell phone confiscated. $32 million. The hammer price at November 14th, Sotheby's auction for a drop-shaped pearl pendant that once belonged to French Queen Marie Antoinette. $1,139 is the average cost of obtaining a permit to operate a food truck in Austin. Texas, $252,692,000,000 is the federal revenues collected in October, a tax collection record for that month. Government still ran in a $100 billion deficit. 29.8, the average, uh, of an Amer- average age of an American man getting married for the first time in 2018. For American women, the average age was 27.8. Eight hours, the amount of time a four-year-old girl spent locked inside the impounded minivan in freezing temperatures overnight in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, before police discovered her. And finally, 230, the number of reports of contaminated strawberries in Australian grocery stores after a vindictive farm employee allegedly spiked produce with needles. Ooh. So those are just some numbers for you. We are going to take a short break for Harvest Highlights. When we come back... Lawrence Nangast will be here with This Day in History. We're also going to play a little What's in My Coffee, a little news with Chris Harper, some Stranger Than Fiction stories, and our topics today. Two topics, beards and shipwrecks. More Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 298 today on January 11th, 319 p.m. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this Harvest Highlights. And we're back with a little more live. With a little more live till five. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, January 11th, 3.26 p.m. Here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us this afternoon for this 298th episode of Live Till Five. Been doing this a long time. Episode 300 is coming up in two weeks. And we got to do something special. You kind of put some thought into that. What shall we do for episode 300? If you have any ideas, why don't you send me a, a, a PM, a private message, personal message through Facebook. Go to 
Harvest Family Radio Guam. You'll search for that. I don't know if that's our exact title, but that'll bring you right to our Facebook page. Then follow us and send me a PM and let me know what you think about what would be a good suggestion, whether a guest or an idea or a topic for episode 300 or what type of festive food you might bring uh, for episode 300, which is coming up in two weeks. So I love it when I get listener-submitted content. And one of my occasional listeners, I know he's a busy man and growing family, driving back and forth between Harvest and Naval Station Guam and other locales. DS provided me with a stack of books. Uncle John's Supremely Satisfying Bathroom Reader by the Bathroom Readers Institute. Um, he gave me a whole stack of these here. I guess he's, he's read them all already. But, uh, yeah, so these, these books have all kinds of uh, bathroom news, customs and superstition, Americana, animals, blunders, forgotten history, uh, Canadiana, business, food for thought, mouthing off, sports and amusement, football, hoaxes, music, the real stuff, like movie reel, law and order, the name game, photography, origins, myths and legends, pop science, phrases, Word Origins, Potpourri, Public Lives, That's Death, Politics, That's Life, The Women's Room, Volcano, Wordplay, TV or Not TV, and Answers uh, are all different segments of this, this book. And he gave me a stack of, I think, four of these. There's no way I can go through all these on the air. So I'm just going to pick various ones each week. This will be a new thing we do for a little while. So, in this book here, I have a section, uh, uh, an entry that says, Let me write sign. I speak English good. And this section is titled, When signs in a foreign country are in English, any combination of words is possible. Here are some real-life examples. So, these are ones that they collected from around the world. On the grass in a Paris park, it said on a sign, Please do not be a dog. Uh, outside a Hong Kong, Hong Kong dress shop, it said, ladies have fits upstairs. Some of the kids are laughing right now. Let's see here. Uh, in a Belgrade hotel, there's a sign that says, restroom open daily. So it's like they got halfway through restaurant and restroom. Restroom open daily. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, in a Rome hotel, it says, please dial seven to retrieve your auto from the garbage. I think it might be to retrieve your message, maybe. Uh, let's see. A Paris guidebook. Oh, it says uh, to call a broad from France. A broad instead of abroad. A broad from France, dial zero zero, then the country's code, and then your number. Uh, let's see here. Detour sign in Japan says stop, drive sideways. Uh, let's see here. Oh, a Chinese menu. They found this this headline or this uh, on the menu in China it said cold shredded children and sea blubber in spicy sauce. 
And then in Korea, on the packaging for a kitchen knife, it said, warning, keep out of children. And then on an Italian train, there was a sign that said, water not potatoable. Instead of potable, it's a potatoable, apparently. So thank you, DS, for Uncle John's supremely satisfying bathroom reader. We'll refine this section a little more, and uh, we'll pick some really good, some good little tidbits from from that book as we go. I want to take a moment and share with you some stories that are stranger than fiction, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. And World Magazine has this little quick takes section, dispatches quick takes. And uh, let's see here. They have a number of different, very interesting, funny little stories, including... An ATM machine mysteriously left in the woods of Maine had locals scratching their heads and authorities warning people not to attempt to cash do a cash withdrawal. A woman taking her morning walk on November 20th discovered the blue ATM machine upright and intact in the woods near Deer Isle, Maine. Detective Steve McFarland checked on the machine, noted it had not been tampered with, and filed a report. The next day, the owner of the machine confessed to the sheriff's office that she left the machine there to prank her neighbors. Oh, good prank. And you ended up being talked about all the way here in Guam from uh, Deer Isle, Maine. Navigational no-no. Police in du- du- Duquesne, Duquesne, Pennsylvania, responded to a November 21st call reporting that a woman was piloting her vehicle down train tracks. They quickly tracked her down, no pun intended, and made an arrest. The female was 100% sober and had no medical condition affecting her decision-making police said in a report on the incident. So why was she driving down the train tracks? Because she said her GPS navigation app told her to do so. Police could determine no reason for the error other than unfailing fealty to her GPS, but they cited her for careless driving anyway. Here's another one from New England. A Vermont couple's search for their lost peacock has ended, but that doesn't mean their bird is back in the roost. According to a November 21st Facebook post, the peacock belonging to Brian and Renee Johnson had been found hanging around with a flock of wild turkeys. The Johnsons said that their pet peacock named P disappeared in early October. Renee Johnson said uh, she came home catching P on Thanksgiving Day, but that the peacock and his turkey companions got away. The bird lovers even reached out to Vermont Fish and Wildlife for suggestions. My peacock has run away with turkeys, she said. Do you have any suggestions on how to catch the little twerp? There you go. Let's see what else I have listed here. Um, let's see. A clever killer. Vancouver has a serial killer, and authorities have been hard-pressed to find a solution. Don't turn the channel. It's not as scary as it sounds. According to the officials... Uh, at the Dr. Sun Yat-chen Classical Chinese Garden, a wild otter has poached 14 prize koi fish from their pond as of November 21st. Garden workers first tried to lay traps for the Chinatown otter, but failed to end its killing spree. The otter did visit our trap and took our fish and our tuna and our chicken. Unfortunately, a small jam prevented the trap from closing. Howard Norman, director of parks, told the Vancouver Courier, Failing to catch the otter, garden officials turned to rescuing and relocating the remaining koi, which are valued between $1,000 to $5,000 per fish. And this otter ate 14 of them. So up to $60,000 worth of fish inside that otter there. Let's see what else here. 
Ever since Texas A&M fled the Big 12 Conference to join the vaunted Southeast Conference, football rivalry between the Aggies and the University of Texas has grown cold. The Aggies and Longhorns, who have faced one another more than 100 times, haven't played since 2011 when the Longhorns pulled out a 27-25 victory. On November 27th, Texas Representative Lyle Larson introduced a bill to to the state legislature that would mandate Texas and Texas A&M resume their post-Thanksgiving rivalry or risk losing state funding. A similar bill was proposed in 2013 but quietly died in committee. So, a lot happening out there. Very interesting. In a little bit, I'm going to talk about also all the biggest news stories uh, that World Magazine has identified from the year 2018. But let me just mention one more time. If you ever... Miss part of the show, tune in Saturdays from noon to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety. You can download the podcast from khmg.org. And if you haven't been to the website in a while, it has a new look, very streamlined. You should go to it, khmg.org. And you can listen to our radio station at your desk or on a radio app if you want, like TuneIn or something like that. You can download the podcast of this show and many other great shows that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio, so I encourage you to check that out. We also have hundreds of sermons cataloged, audio sermons cataloged there on our website. You can look them up by topic, passage, or speaker, and that's a great resource to you as well. So just want to make sure you know about that. Of course, our Facebook page, we love to hear from you. Now, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back... Gonna be talking to Lawrence Dangas, Chris Harper, Sebastian made it here today, so he'll be in here in a little bit. And also we have what's in my coffee. So stick around. A little more live till five, episode two hundred ninety eight on Friday, January eleventh, three thirty seven p.m. Be right back after this break. Back with a little more live till five. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, episode 298 on this Friday, January 11, 3:42 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us today for our live local talk and variety program. Joining in the studio from my left to my right, Lawrence Nagengas, Sebastian Basildua, and Christopher Harper the first. All great men in their own right. Really, this is like the Mount Rushmore of broadcasters here. Of Harvest Broadcasters, that is. It's kind of a small... Maybe it's more like Mount Crazy Horse. It's in the same general area. Well, yeah, that's only one guy, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there's we a would... horse. It's a guy and a horse. <laughs> We're not, okay, we I don't guess make that doesn't up work. a horse. Yeah. Uh, what's it, what, maybe it's uh, more like that... What's that one in the Stonehead? Smoky Mountains? Yeah. Stonehenge. No, no, no. Stone Mountain. Stone, Stone Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, that's the carving of the of the generals. Yes, I think that's where the Easter Island like. of radio. That's, oh, that's that would work. <laughs> oh wow, we're all buried with just our heads on the ground. Yeah, uh, they all yeah. can only hear us. They have no idea what we look like. Yeah. Hey, you know what? This uh, this little segment. Since we're back into a normal routine, I just want to mention that this segment's brought to us by the Hub, best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety. 
That's a that's a phrase that I use very generously. It's not endless necessarily. There's a finite amount, but of drinks and snacks and for tasty baked goods. Well, I just don't want someone to sue me for false advertising. And uh, what they have there, I like a lot. I go there every day. And Jeremy Wendell himself, the general manager and the head barista at the Hub, delivered these drinks in person. And they might be slightly experimental. They are for sure. And uh, so what we're going to do now, Sebastian and I are trying not to do any sugar here. Okay. Yeah. So, but we're going to describe this. So for our listeners, especially One, if you're a first time listener, we're going to describe to you what we're drinking, what it looks like, what it tastes like, smells like. We're going to give our very best description we can to try and make it sound as delectable as possible. And then maybe you'll stop by the hub and buy the same drink. Sometimes it's not our thing. Sometimes we get, you know, you get something with amaretto in it and you're not an amaretto person or whatever. But, you know, most of the time we really are thrilled with these. So, there of note before we get even to the drinks, what appears to be a new cup they're offering down there. Yeah. Yes. Is a 12 ounce or maybe eight ounce? It's What's a, the ounces it's of a that? Small baby. It's but a it's a small, small iced cup. Perhaps 12. They yeah, already have, they have had they have had the two sizes of hot drink cups. But now they have two different sizes for cold drinks. It still uses a full-size sleeve. It does. It almost covers the entire drink. It's like a little muumuu on my cup. I'm Ooh. guessing I, I, I went in the yeah. other day. I went in the other day and asked if they had a drink of the month. Mm-hmm. They didn't yet. They hadn't okay. picked one. Yep. We're almost halfway through the month now. Yes. Drink of the half month. But I'm thinking 11 days they started. might be trying to push a little bit of a drink of the month here if this new creation... It could be that we all might have a appear. Theme. I don't know what we're drinking, and I haven't even tasted. I mine feel. Yet. I feel from Chris's reaction of his first sip, we may have the same thing. Yep. <laughs> you <laughs> may have something without what we have. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. Uh, how about I'll go first, since sure. I'm the only one's gonna be surprised here. <laughs> well, Chris may not have what I think, but I think he's got what I got. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you may have the same thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay mm. is the word I was think I was searching for. Yeah. Okay. These are wildly experimental. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can't tell if this is a smile on my <laughs> That's face three or if it's it's uh shock and you awe. have pursed lips either yeah. way. It's like the it's like the um the, Oh. Oh. Wait, okay. I want to taste your guys' See, now. General Colin Powell oh. is what you call this. Shock oh. and awe. Shock yeah. and awe, that's right. <laughs> the this general is, the C P. This is the sugar-free version. Pile, so this is his boss. This is the uh, oh, this I is don't the know Norman Schwarzkopf. This good. is the Stormin Norman Schwarzkopf. Yeah. This yeah. is like, uh, mm. okay. I don't know. Okay, so um, <laughs> I said okay a lot. We we normally try to describe these drinks in favorable ways. It's just an experimental are, Friday. Yeah, it's and and you know what? Not all experiments are home runs with everyone. Not for everyone. Um. So, just for the record, <laughs> what do you, you have? You know, uh, let's. I I'm going to describe mine here. Hold on. Yeah, this will be good. Don't say okay again. I will try not to. Yeah. This has a strong citrus flavor. Yep. And um, I feel in the back of my throat. I feel a um uh, uh the tingle of carbonation possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Me too. I don't. But then I have an overwhelming sense of coffee, uh-huh. like like a, like a strong dark coffee, like a straight espresso. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and um, it's, it's iced. Like, it's cold. It's a beautiful color. It's a it's a it's a, yeah, a dark it, shade. It I looks like walnut it was, or maybe I asked a dark if it was oak. 
I asked if it was cold brew. Yep. Because that's what it kind of looks like. I think I feel like you guys have the same drink tweaked a bit. Mm, maybe. And then I have the full sugar version. That's the same thing. Okay. And it's basically like they were making an espresso mm-hmm. with a calamansi bottle okay. on top of the espresso machine, yes. and it fell over. Okay. And went into glug, the espresso. Glug, glug. Yep. And so, and that and then they just well and put too late now. It. We yep. don't want to waste it. Here you go, guys. Okay. I feel like that's <laughs> oh, what I said happened. It. Wow. Um, but where's the carbonation coming from? I'm getting carbonation in my right. Bottle. Yeah. I'm mine's right. flat. Right. Um, so yours is sugar free. Yours is carbonated <clears throat> with sugar, and yep. mine's the sugar. Sebastian, no carbonation. have you tasted yours yet? Yeah, it's you um, and I have the same thing. Yeah, we have the same thing. What does it taste like to you? Well, I have no idea what uh, battery taste acid tastes like, <laughs> <laughs> but that electrifying electrifying feeling is what I'm trying to go uh-huh. for here. <laughs> that electrifying feeling, and then. It's like it's there for a second. It's like, whoa, what was that? And then it's like, it's like now I just yeah. taste coffee. Now I, coffee. I that enjoy is all that remains. I enjoy <laughs> experimental gastronomy. I am I am into experimental gastronomy. That is years worse than mine. <laughs> this I don't even know if years so, okay. is the right word. So oh. this is no offense to our friends on there because they are so generous to bring these things. And this is not something that's on the menu. I think they're trying out some new things for me. But this tastes like it was aged. Yeah, it's bullet, man. One of those that's um, bullet and coffee. Those oaken whiskey barrels. <laughs> that's what it tastes like. It's been aged oh. in, and then it tastes like it tastes like a combination of kombucha and um, a little bit, a little bit right. sweaty sock. Yes, a little and, bit sweaty sock. <laughs> no. I'm trying to still keep it in the in the uh, edible um, category, but it's it's strong. Mm. Um, I would recommend this for, you know, sometime there are some people out there that have totally destroyed their taste buds. I'd recommend this drink for them because this would. This, <laughs> oh, wow. That's keeping it positive. This, no, yeah. I'm just saying that this would penetrate. Even the dead taste buds would come alive. Yep. And you would feel the sensation in the back of your throat from the carbonation. <laughs> you would feel the the artificial <laughs> sensation of an a wave of energy coming over you from the caffeination. And then the beautiful color, the oaken color. It looks like a looks like a, a walnut stained, you know, uh real wood floor or something like that. It's a nice color. And uh, and then that that citrusy smell, it's it, it has that smell of like if Let's say you had a bunch of people working in a citrus orchard, and they went on smoke break. <laughs> and then in the smoke break area, there was an ashtray what? where they put all the cigars out. Yeah. But they also threw all of the citrus rained, rinds. Then it rained. And it gets a little wet. It has that That's, scent to it. But didn't yeah, they put coffee grounds in the, uh, in the ashtray as then, well? Then, wow. yes. What they did is they, they yeah. would clean out the, the coffee maker, and they'd have that, that little uh, filter with coffee what grounds. What you're describing is no longer edible either. Well, you know, it's the that's the smell. You can't you can't yeah, that. That that caught me off guard because I thought you had the sugar free version of what I have. Yeah. No. Nope. No. So what does yours taste like in relationship to this? Um great. <laughs> uh no, mine is what I described earlier. Cause I I seriously thought we had the same thing. Yours is just sugar free. Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh you have something very different. I have pretty much an espresso shot. In a calamansi, yes. So I'd call Which it a, I like a coffee mansi. Yes, and I actually like that. We I had that back in November. They were testing that out. I and think once I, you're ready, I like that. once you're ready and you know that, like if I ordered it, 
Right. And that's what I knew I was getting. I could prepare myself. Right. The first sip I had out of here, I was not prepared. This drink is like that drink's not. ugly cousin. It really is. Yes. Really <laughs> ugly. Yes. Really ugly and, and, and oh, uh, why not? I, the I, rude I, brother. I don't even know how to exactly describe yours because it's so many. What I will say is is if you think of taste thrill not necessarily yeah. always an amazing way, right. it was a thrill because right. it was so unique. Okay. So now, Chris, what does yours taste like? Yeah, I I think we have the Ditto. same thing. Um, it's a. I'll t- I'll say this about I'll put, about I'll put mine. my straw in it. Um, that way I've had everything. I'll, I'll say this about it. Um, I can understand someone liking this. You see what I'm saying? Is that different as well? No, it's the, it's that. It's the same. You guys yeah. have the same okay. thing. Okay. okay, I just have the sugar free. Yeah, Sebastian has I, sugar free. I can understand somebody liking it. it. There's a there's a heavy coffee taste to it. Mm-hmm. it, it yeah. I think I think if you were a a coffee fanatic, like I know some of those people mm-hmm. who are coffee fanatics. I'm not. I I could yep. go without coffee the rest of my life. It'd be no yep. problem. Yep. If you were a coffee fanatic and you were looking for a twist mm-hmm. on your coffee drinking habits, this sort of um, it's it's coffee, but it's got that that citrus mm-hmm. bite to it, yeah. and it's also got carbonation. Yep. So I can I can imagine like the crazy fanatic coffee drinkers trying this out to give themselves a sort of a different mm-hmm. sensation. I don't have to have that though. Yeah, with you're my not coffee. you're not that person. I'm not in that. I'm not in that realm. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. a good description is it's like Lacroix coffee. Lacroix mm. made coffee. Oh, now right? that's actually that's a good description. <laughs> is that what's in there? I don't that know. Thing? I'm yeah, go, I'm going to give the big reveal it here. Could in a be it could be like La- mango Lacroix or or li- lemon lime Lacroix <laughs> and coffee. But did you for ever you have, guys? Not for me. I have yeah. the actual Calamansi stuff. Because did you ever have a weird friend in elementary school? Well, let me let me continue before I answer that. A weird friend in yes. elementary school that. When given a chance in a cafeteria situation or restaurant with a soda machine, they would get a Make little a bit of every kind of drink. Yes, oh, yeah. what they call a suicide. Yeah. suicide. So that's what this is. Yeah, it's like your breakfast, lunch, and dinner drink all in. Is one. it really though? Because I think it seems to me that it's just a really strong coffee. It tastes like you're sort of in it. munching okay. on a bean. Yeah. Plus, all right, a leaf of the coffee. Okay, bean before we do the big reveal, drink. let's just come up. Instead of describing the drink itself, because we might be coming across as a little harsh. And uh, so really? how about we just use a few singular words that describe how we feel after drinking it? Lawrence, go. Uh, about my drink mm-hmm. specifically. Yes. How do you um, feel after you drink it? Uh, like in, in one in, word Intrigued. Statements. Intrigued. Intrigued. That's one word. Give us three single words. Uh, intrigued. Um, Thirsty-less. Okay. All right. Um, All right. That's not necessarily a great word. Yeah. But uh, that's what I felt like. I I, I didn't down the drink. Yep. Um, And um, uh, yeah, that's maybe the two two. things you're stuck on two. Okay. I I was curious. uh, Yeah, curious. curious What's in it? Okay. Uh, Sebastian, give us three singular words that describe how you feel after drinking that. Uh, Electrifying (laughs) coffee (laughs) aftertaste. That's hyphenated word. Okay. Yeah. All right, electrifying, Coffee, really? Comma aftertaste. Okay, all right. We'll we'll take what you I, know. I'm I not going to judge your wordiness. <laughs> I would okay. say surprised. Surprised. Yeah. Okay. Um, slightly inquisitive. Mm-hmm. I want to know. That's what I feel. You know, like, what's the deal with Intrigued. this? Intrigued. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, also 
um, it sort of it brought back some like memories, like mm-hmm. some memories, mm-hmm. because I think. I think this is like a really a coffee connoisseur's drink. Okay, I think it is. You, you think there's a future here? No. Nah. I think some. I think somebody somewhere drinks this and loves it. Okay, maybe because well, of the coffee. The yeah. coffee. I think here's they're here's one, my they're three words. With the dead. Yeah. Taste here's buds. my three words. One, regret. <laughs> okay. Two. Okay. Oh boy. Sadness. And three. Okay. Um. Uh. Distemper. Distemper. Wow. Distemper. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm not sure what that is, but I know we give dogs shots for that. We give yep. them their distemper okay. shots. So, yep, it's a shot um, of that. So here you go. Number one, the espresso tonic with vanilla. Who had that? That's, that's him. That's, oh, that's, that's you, that's number Chris. one. He had number one. Espresso okay. tonic with, with, I don't with even vanilla. With vanilla. That so so that see, is, that's just carbonated you. water. Somebody out here, out there, loves right. This, this is I'm a fancy. You. This is fancy schmancy. I'm you. Yeah. Okay. These are yeah. Uh, Sebastian and I have the espresso tonic with sugar-free vanilla. That's the difference between the two of you. Okay. And then Lawrence has the drink that I like, which is the calamansi cold brew or the cold brew calamansi. Yeah. So it, this is this not... one of the three has a future. Yes. <laughs> They've been in serving my world, that for a while. Not in my world. Yep. But in somebody's. Yours is strangely addictive. <clears throat> This is just strangely. Yeah. So th- this is not, a, and I drink a lot of coffee drinks, and and I actually have low standards. But this is this is um, uh, not quite edible for most people because of the confluence of. There's flavors. a lot of things yeah. going on. Tonic water strong, but this is not a coffee. commentary on the hub because they're wonderful people. Yeah. And this was served with They've such made millions with with of grace and truth. Drinks. I just, I just don't care for this drink, and, and I you, don't know too many people that would. It's a one-off that yeah. we that we've not liked the drinks yep. though. I can yep. remember one time I got a, I got one with uh, the green matcha mm-hmm. in it. Yes, right. you didn't, didn't like, like that, that, but that that people but do. A like lot that, of people so. love right. that. But what I'm saying to you is, I know these coffee yep. fanatics in life, yes. and the old coffee. They, tonic they always want to. They always want to try they got a something, to something prove. new yep. with their coffee. Yep. And so they try all kinds of crazy but stuff. But I would yep. just sit there and brace myself every time I went in for a sip. Well, so with this drink, <laughs> I, I guess like, I guess to close out this hour yeah. and close out this this drink's commentary here, if you're looking for a drink that will last your entire work day, mm-hmm. this is the drink. Wow. And, and nobody's going to touch it in the no fridge. One's gonna, if you're looking for a drink that you don't want anyone to steal out of the, the company fridge, this is your drink. If you're looking for a drink that is neither breakfast, lunch, dinner, or snack time, this is your drink. And if you're looking for a drink that will both settle and upset, upset your stomach in rhythmic timing, this is your drink. These are all your drinks. So... That's my description of the You could make drink. a commercial for anything. But, you know, this is, again, no comment on our friends at the Hub. They, he actually told me this was an experiment, and they don't like it either. So there you go. Really? Yeah. So it's not, it's not like, oh. oh, this is their favorite drink, and we're hurting their feelings. This is not. So anyway, hey, guys, we're going to take a break for the news. Thank you for being with us the first hour. Uh, listening audience, thank you as well. We're going to take a short break for SRN News. When we come back... A second hour of Live Till 5. You're listening to us on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Be back in a few minutes for the second hour of Live Till 5.
we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday, January 11th, 4.04 p.m. We're in the second hour of Live Till 5, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM here on Guam. You can listen online through khmg.org. You can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs we produce right here in our studio through khmg.org as well. I have in studio with me Lawrence Dangas. He's a history professor, among other things. Coffee connoisseur. We like to call him the drink whisperer. (laughs) I Um, I would not have, in many, many years, guessed what we were all drinking today. That's for sure. When I think of history, I think of you, Lawrence. Um, well, thank you. Uh, and that's a good thing. I wanted to run a few things by you uh, before you do your This Day in History and see if you're familiar with any of these. The 10 most famous shipwrecks, because in a little while I'm going to talk about one of these but oh, yeah. uh, later on in the show. But ten, I could name probably maybe half. but Really? I don't, maybe not. Have you ever heard of the uh, MS World Discoverer? wreck um let's see here it had it was in the solomon islands civil war Hmm. no and uh in roderick bay how about this the black swan the black swan believed to be the greatest recovery of gold treasure in history the treasure was found on the remains of the spanish warship 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 the spanish boat nuestra senora de las mercedes Hmm. Uh, which sank off Portugal in 1804. In 2007, an American company, Odyssey Marine Exploration, announced that it had uncovered gold worth an estimated $500 million. However, the Spanish government declared that they rightfully owned the gold, and the case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, only for the gold to be returned to the Spanish authorities in 2012, where it is now displayed in various exhibitions across the country. Here's another one. The MV Donna Paz, D-O-N-A-P-A-Z. The sinking of the MV Donna Paz is remembered in history as the deadliest of all peacetime maritime disasters. It was a Philippine-registered ferry carrying over 4,000 passengers collided wow. with an oil tanker, the MT Vector, December 20, 1987, killing uh, predicated 4,386 passengers. Um, uh, only two, 24 survivors out of all that. Wow. That's Not sad. enough safety and communication measures. Sure. The Queen Anne's Revenge. This one's kind of a famous one because I've I, heard of I that. think it was, was that Blackbeard. Let's see here. 1996, the remains of the Queen Anne's Revenge were discovered about one mile offshore from Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. So far, 31 cannons have been discovered and more than a quarter of a million artifacts have been recovered. As one of the few pirate ships to be discovered, it is now listed with the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. Hmm. Um, the Vasa, this is one I'm going to talk about later, but it's a Swedish warship. So I'm going to talk about that one a little bit. The Mary Rose, which was my grandmother's name, by the way. It was a Tudor, T-U-D-O-R, Tudor warship commission and run during the reign of Henry VIII. Launched in 1511, it served in many battles against France, Brittany, and Scotland. And in 1545, it sank during a battle against the French. Sinking in the Solent, close to the Isle of Wight. It was not rediscovered until 1971, salvaged in 82. Remains of the shipwreck are now viewable in a museum in Portsmouth. In addition to the structure of the ship itself, over 26,000 artifacts have been recovered, many of which are now on public display. The USS Arizona? Yeah. You've been there, be, right? That would be one. I have been. Yeah, they have it closed down right now for a little bit of remodel of the 
um, ramps and things, the docking stations yep. on it. I believe um, in early December they had a um, a rededication or an annual dedication of the memorial um, on December mm-hmm. 7th. And this is the first year since World War II that they've had the ceremony that a survivor of the attack on the USS Arizona was not able to attend. So they had zero World War II veterans that were on the ship when it was mm. attacked actually attend, which is the first time. Yeah, the other ones that I mentioned are obviously the the ones that you'd think of would be the Titanic and then um, the Lusitania. Yes, that's the, the next one, the Lusitania. Yeah, the Edmund Fitzgerald, I'm kind of surprised, oh, yeah. is not there. That's the one that broke in half, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember uh, Dr. Olala talking about but, that. Yeah, there's over 100 ships sunk in the Great Lakes from all the days of the, of the shipping that would come in, you know, through the the Erie Canal and down or, or through the St. Lawrence River. And there's some days where the, the water's so clear that you can see down and see the shipwrecks like wow. From wow. above the water. Wow. Uh, because, again, they're, it's not deep. They're lakes. Mm-hmm. But these are massive ocean-going vessels that are sunk there uh, just because of the incredibly poor weather, yep. obviously, being up in northern United States like that. I so. was listening to the um, – they have a number of stories about these types of things on – Stuff You Miss in History Class. It's a it's a mm-hmm. podcast you can download. And they talked about the Christmas tree uh, ship in uh, Lake Michigan. And it was basically a, a wealthy, a guy who made a lot of money bringing Christmas trees to Chicago um, at the turn of the century. And he made his whole fortune on that. And he was making one final run, um, one uh, late November, early December uh, time in Lake Michigan. And... It was the worst weather, and he had a, a, a ship full of Christmas trees, and he went down never to be found again. Mm. So very interesting. And then there's all kinds of ghost ships out there. There are ships, I guess, that are just floating out there that have no one on them, and they're um, very common, I guess. Uh, uh, there are a number of them out there, and some of them are just lost at sea. Some of them, they know they're out there, and they just no one's claimed them. You know what I watched the other night was something about the, it's not a shipwreck, but it's a similar mystery in that the the guys who escaped from Alcatraz Mm -hmm. and they tried to remake their route and they made their own rubber raft and and they got some new information about the flow of water um, in the bay there at San Francisco. And so they tried to use their new models to recreate the conditions at that time in 1962, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't make it. They think that the guys probably got sucked out the gate, the Golden really? Gate Bridge, oh. into the open ocean, and that's why they've never been able to okay. uh, find their bodies. Or They found a lot of debris, mm-hmm. but they never found their bodies. So it's actually quite interesting if you go to, uh, um, I think that was on... Uh, uh, Amazon Prime. If okay. you have that, it's it's regarding the uh, escape from. You know what it is? It's the it's the show Secrets of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's a good little documentary but, series. Yeah. It was it was fascinating about how ocean currents move and how um, if you're floating on a raft, you can go. You can only do one, you one can of only a few do things. So much maneuvering. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing you can do otherwise. Right. I mean, Especially right. out like open doesn't water matter. like they'd be. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter how much you paddle or whatever. So it's interesting. Yeah. There's one other one we didn't mention yet that was a, a billion dollar wreck. Um, the RMS Republic, built in 1903, operated as a steam powered ocean liner. Wasn't until 23rd January 1909, 5 30 a.m., disaster struck, colliding with the Lloyd Italiano. 
liner SS Florida just off of Nantucket, Massachusetts. The sinking the next day at about 8.40 p.m. Total six lives were lost, and the evacuation process was praised as flawless at the time. Since the sinking, there have been many rumors and legends surrounding uh, the treasure supposedly went down with the ship, ranging from 250000 to $3 in estimates the value of the sunken treasure. If excavated today, it could be worth hundreds of millions, perhaps even a billion. It is now son and father Grant and Martin uh, Bayerl's mission on Billion Dollar Wreck, I guess it's a TV show, to uh, recover the rumored treasure and claim it as their own. The shipwreck itself is 250 feet under the water. Much of it is deteriorated. However, the vaults that contain the alleged treasure appear to be very much intact. And of course, number one is the RMS Titanic, which is very interesting. So I'm going to talk about another one of the shipwrecks in these top 10 in just a little bit because I read a story about it and it was just fascinating. I'm going to do some more research. But it is, it's a, it's a Bonzer Bottler day because it's 1-11. So it's January. Oh no, that would have been 1-1. One, one. That doesn't make sense. Okay, no, it's not Bonzer Bottler day, but it is January 11th. 2019. Yeah, and, if, it, uh, if it were in November, it would be. Yeah, 11-11 would be a Bonza Butler day. So uh, what happened on this day in history? Well, as always, uh, many things. But uh, 1935, Amelia Earhart flies from Honolulu to Oakland, California, nonstop, of course. Um, did all most of her flying that way. But uh, I don't think after that flight there's a whole lot many, uh, a whole many, many more flights she d- takes before she goes uh, disappearing. Um, um, as we know, even though I've brought up in the show, I think there's rumor that yep. she's been seen in f- photographs and things. Yep. Uh, yep. They had something from the Marshall Islands, uh, yeah. last year that came out that they thought maybe was her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and could be, um, will it ever be proven? Who knows? But anyways, she flew today nonstop. Um, the two of the moons of Uranus were discovered today, hmm. back in the 1700s. So, pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. 2007, author J.K. Rowling finishes the seventh and last Harry Potter novel in room 552 of the Baymoral Hotel in Edinburgh. So, I didn't. She finished her final book of the big series in a hotel room. Yeah, I know a lot of writers actually do that. Um, they'll lock themselves away for a while so they're not interrupted and. They don't have to worry about, you know, normal chores or anything like that. They can just focus on writing. I've, I've heard that's actually pretty common. Hmm. 2016, FIFA um, Ballon d'Or, Barcelona forward Lionel Messi, wins his record fifth award with 41.33% of the votes. American midfielder Carly Lloyd is Women's World Player of the Year. So I don't know if that's the fifth award. I don't think it's the fifth player of the year. I think it's just the fifth award or is it the fifth no of that? he's that was his fifth ballon d'or and since then cristiano ronaldo has, has won, won a it. fifth ballon d'or yeah as well so you have two that have won two guys five. that have won it five times that's pretty incredible yeah oh yeah there I, I mean that's that's being on top of the world of soccer five different years and both of those guys have scored i think 50 or more goals for 10 years wow in wow. all competitions, when you which got it, means you got it. there is nobody that even comes close. I mean, last year, Mohamed Salah almost scored 50, and almost. that was just for one year. Yeah. yeah. How so, can you even stay healthy enough like, yeah. to keep from being injured? It's true. I mean, yeah. it's just everything they has do to work play out perfectly. A lot. They yeah. do play a lot, but 
Uh, it's still, yeah. you're right. It, yeah. It's physical specimens of fitness. Uh, in 2016, so two years ago, uh, well, actually three years ago now, three years ago, college football national champion, University of Phoenix Stadium, number two Alabama beats number one Clemson, 45-40. So that was kind of an offensive show on both ends, as we saw a couple days ago. Clemson smoked Alabama, basically. Yes. Yep. Uh, quite, quite bad. Um, but again, I, I look at those things and you just wonder, uh, you know, no, if they beat both the teams they did so badly and yet they're the ones, that's just how good Clemson is, is beating another, the only other undefeated team by that point by, I think it was by about 30. So, wow. and then, um, this is kind of an interesting one. I don't know if you guys heard of this. But in 2018, so last year, YouTube issues sanctions against vlogger Logan Paul after he yeah. posted footage of suicide victims' bodies in Japan in December. Yeah. Did you guys read yep. anything about oh, that? Oh, yeah. I know so, all about that. Yeah, it was a pretty sad situation. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, and it, it speaks of um, what you can get clicks with on YouTube. Right. Well, and, especially um, for a guy, as far as I know, was, was mainly, I'd say, teen traffic to his pages. Oh, yeah. He was one of the top. He was one of the top YouTube uh, right. pages. Yeah, he was. yeah, one of the top earners too. And yeah. you can earn. Yep. You can be a multimillionaire from that. Yep. Yeah. He um, he was in the Japanese suicide forest right. and filmed right. things and right. and uh, he was really ostracized. I believe he was. I think they call it demonetized or whatever yeah. on um, on Still YouTube. Is. So Still is. so you can't even if some of his content's available. I don't believe any commercials play on his no, channels. But he, you know, getting that amount of traffic and having that amount of subscribers, he has a store or whatever on his website. Yeah, and right. He still earns a lot of money from that. But right. yeah, that's a pretty. If you what it will depress you about life is if you go to the trending pages on YouTube and see what's trending. It's usually something to destroy society with, yeah. rather than right, right. rather than to uh, to build it up. Yeah, it's not edifying. So it, you know, and he had a little bit of that, yeah. a little bit of that feel to his content. Yeah. previous yeah. to that. So yeah, he had been very popular though because he had a because of his popularity, he was able to get uh, a lot of celebrities onto his YouTube vlogs and things mm-hmm. like that. So he had. Right professional athletes and other YouTubers and Hollywood celebrities and things like that uh, that would come on to his, which would boost his his yeah. uh, views even more. And it's guaranteed millions. I mean, if you have that many subscribers, what happens is you're guaranteed certain amount of views. Yep. Yep. And, and you paid for it. And that's not like television anymore. A lot of times on television, they're, they're, the audience measurements are not what they were in years right. gone by. Right. You can almost go on a network television show today yep. and not get anywhere near the amount of views that you might get on some YouTuber's channel. Yep. So that gives you an idea of how powerful some yeah. of the YouTubers are. Hmm. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so that was this day. That was uh, a year ago. A year ago. Wow. That was a year ago. Okay. Well, you know. That's the world we live in, guys. So now, uh, Lawrence, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, finish my grades. <laughs> I got to do that. And then um, coaching some basketball. Uh, I don't have any games this weekend, but that's the kind Practices. of big thing we have right now. Yeah, I practiced this morning um, at about 5. Oh, oh, so, oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 5.30, 5.30. 
So, um, yeah, just get ready for the season. But uh, right now it's a little bit of a calm before the storm, do some work around the house. My grandma's out here visiting, my yep. dad's mom, so yep. it's good to have her here. And um, so I'll probably hang out with them a little bit as well. Yeah, awesome. Hey, by the way, I did get an update from uh, Jeremy, our barista and general manager of the Hub, and he said he heard a few minutes of uh, my description. No worries. It's a big thing in the East Coast. The surprise See? of it probably made it worse. Definitely not for the faint of heart. Look it up sometime. You'd be surprised how popular it is. Well, that's what is. I said. I said, if I was going into knowing what I ordered or got, yeah. I'd be meant to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. We were all surprised. Yeah, it's it was a lot to take in. It was like a punch in the mouth. You want it not to be what it is because a, you think it's something from else. A, from a, a, a filthy glove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not making it any better. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. filthy glove Jeremy's, punch. I got a feeling we're not going to be getting drinks for a while if yep. I don't stop. We just earned so. ourselves a month in the. No, we the, we love the hub. No drink yeah, box. We're not going to have. We're not going to have. It, a it takes a lot for me to not like time. something. Yeah, be it dropping, takes a lot for me be not dropping to like something. bad things in our no. drinks. Thank you, Jeremy, very much, and thanks, Lawrence. I hope you have a good weekend with your uh, basketball practices and yeah, grades and such. It'll be a good weekend for you. And listeners, stick around. Going to have a little more Live Till 5 coming up in just a bit. Just want to take a short break for a few little segments and give me a chance to get my things sorted out. We're going to talk about beards. And then I have one famous shipwreck I didn't address yet that I'd like to talk about. Uh, After this short break, it is episode 298 on the 11th of January, 4.21 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Back after this. back with a little more live till five episode 298 on this friday january 11th 4 26 p.m lawrence had to scoot on out i think to basketball practice sebastian's working on some other things but chris is here with me and we were talking about shipwrecks and chris actually knows someone who recently saw a shipwreck yeah um his name is chris mcclennan he's a photographer i met in alaska who was on assignment there doing some work photographing northern lights and different things. And I follow his Instagram and he had some pictures just in the last couple of days from the Solomon Islands of the shipwreck World Discoverer. And so I noticed you were doing a, a, a shipwreck episode today. So I found those pictures and they're actually quite interesting yeah. of the ship sticking up out of the water and it had hit the reef there in the Solomon Islands. Well, in the Solomon Islands. Islands, the water's just so blue. It's like Micronesia, you know, our region. The water's just so blue and the the uh, jungle on the island is so bright green. It's such a vivid picture. Yeah, it says that it was... Basically, I think what happened here, what he says about it, is that it was ice rated. It was designed to explore polar regions, but at some point it was just abandoned and it, it had hit a reef and I guess it didn't sink, but they somehow didn't have the finances or the wherewithal to take it anywhere. So it was abandoned and it wound up uh, abandoned right next to this island um, called Nagella, I think, mm. N-G-G-E-L-A. And uh, this guy takes... Uh, photographs all over the world on assignment for different magazines and periodicals. And he's a world ambassador for 
cannon and and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, some very interesting photographs from Chris McLennan. Uh, he was on assignment for National Geographic when he came to Alaska. So wow. he's a pretty serious, pretty, pretty serious photographer. He's one yeah. of the first photographers who ever told me about, um, he said, you got to have this, you got to get on this thing called Facebook. Hmm. And because it was in the early day, it was in yeah. the early, mid 2000s, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and he, you got to get on Facebook because photographers, it's really important for photographers to be on Facebook. And that's the first I'd really ever heard of that. And he said that he had put some of his photographs up on Facebook and he wound up getting an assignment. Um, I won't give the financial details, but basically it was a very, very lucrative assignment just based on somebody seeing his photographs on Facebook. Wow, Those days are really over yeah, now. Yeah, sure. But that sure. was the early era of the of social media and uh and so, yeah, he's a, he's a famous huh. and great photographer. And one of those guys who is a big-time photographer but is almost giddy about showing you his pictures. Mm-hmm. Like he had his phone. He got his phone out, and he was showing me, look at this picture I took last night. You won't believe this picture I took. And, you know, just yeah. – just, I yeah. mean, you could tell he's like a kid. He's right. so excited right. Right. about everything he took a picture of and – Terrific, terrific guy. So if you're so. going to make a career out of it, that might be one quality that you would want to see in someone that's a career photographer, is someone that still stays excited about it Yeah, you know, every yeah. day. Yeah, and you know, I asked him about using some photos for something, and he said, oh yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the lower class photographers, nobody certainly that has shot for National Geographic, um, you know, shoots for a local newspaper, they would come and they would have every kind of red tape that you can think of yeah. to use one of their photographs. I mean, it would just be one hoop after another that we would have to yeah. jump through to get a photograph. But this guy was like, sure, I'll just take him off my phone and, and just give you a full resolution picture. No problem. Wow. And uh, that that's because, you know, I think I think it has something to do with his enthusiasm level. And then you don't get that. You don't get to that level without having some of that. Right. Generosity. So he was inspired and yeah, and he liked inspiring others. Well, yeah. um I've seen some other shipwreck photos. His his are impressive. Yeah. Um I've seen some of the Costa Concordia that uh wrecked oh, off the yeah. coast of Italy, I believe it was. But this one here, um I had never heard of, but it happened to be in that list I just read of the top 10 most famous shipwrecks and it's because of it's the number 1 exhibit to see if you visit Stockholm, Sweden. It's the the Vasa. And so it was uh, sunk in front of a horrified horrified onlooker audience uh, back in 1628. So this is uh, this article is written on smithsonian.com. Vasa was the world's most high-tech warship when it sailed. Today, it's a resource for naval historians and archaeologists and a cautionary tale for those who seek to design technology. The story of what happened in the ship has gone down in history. Basically, the king put a lot of pressure on people to get this ship in the water, get it get it ready, seaworthy, get it out there. It's supposed to be the, the biggest, the best ship, so that the king of Sweden could have... Uh, uh, control over the Baltic region. They had driven out Russia. They controlled Estonia. They controlled um, uh, some of the the country around them. And so they had a very powerful navy, Sweden did at the time. And so 
they put a lot of pressure on the people building the ship to make it an amazing ship and to make it ready sooner. And at this time, of course, they did not have the the technology that we have today to be able to design and the drawings and all that. So it was kind of a little bit back then uh, when they would do something new to a ship, like build something new on it, it was a little bit of trial and error. And on such a big ship that had so many ornate details and so much writing on it, uh, they really did not want to uh, launch the ship without testing it more. And they were concerned that there wasn't enough ballast in the uh, bottom of the ship. So uh, because the the masts are so tall on these old ships uh, in the 1600s, they would have to put stones, literally stones, in the bottom of the ship to offset the the weight and the uh, torque that would happen from the mast going back and forth. And they put in, I, I believe it was like 120 tons or something of stone in the bottom and it and basically it wasn't enough long story short the vasa set sail and um they they did one test run they put some people on the ship they put it out in calm water in the baltic and uh they had the men walk basically back and forth from one side of the ship to the other and it started to reel back and forth so hard they brought it right back into um into port and then they reported that it was a big problem, and that something needed to be done. It was not going to be safe. But the king was not in country at the time, and he was the one putting the pressure on, and so they launched it anyway. And so a short time later, they launched it with a group of sailors and their wives and children on a maiden voyage just on a relatively calm day uh, right there in the harbor, and it got maybe, I think, 5,000 feet away from the dock, and it started listing to one side really heavily, and water started going in the the um, holes on the side of the ship where the cannons fire, and then it got inundated with water, and it sank so quickly that many of the people weren't able to get off, and so and it sank to the bottom of the Baltic Sea. So they blamed it. The king blamed it on bad design, and then he blamed it on oh they didn't tie down the cannons and they all rolled to one side. But really, who was to blame was the king of Sweden. He was the one who put the pressure on to have it released prematurely. Well, uh, the Vasa, um, of course, was just lost. And the Baltic Sea is a a very cold, um, oxygen-poor water source, okay? And then the the Baltic Sea also received uh, sewage flowing in freely for hundreds of years. And so it basically, there's this dead zone in the bottom of the Baltic Sea where not even any worms or anything live, no bacteria, nothing. And there's already low oxygen there anyway. And so this, this the, because of all those, those facts, they were able to find the wreck. And um, 95% of the Vasa's wood was intact when they found it in 1961. So the whole ship was just sitting there on the bottom in this black water. It was so dark that when they went down in a diving bell, the first person that went down was like two or 300 years ago when they put like a giant cone over someone and they lower them down and they're just rebreathing their same air. Well, they found where the ship was. They've known where it is, but it was still intact even, you know, in the 1960s. And so they went through this huge multi-decade restoration. It's still not even done. I think they've been working on this 30 years where they had to 
in the black of the water, they had to uh, kind of outline where the ship was. Then they had to dig tunnels under the ship in the sediment of the, the waterbed and put bracing all around it because all of the metal had rusted away. So all of the pins and bolts and everything. So the whole thing would have just fallen apart. So they had to brace the whole thing, slowly bring it up, and then work on it underwater for like 10 years. So they couldn't actually raise it out of the water. They just worked on it underwater and got it to where they could finally raise it up out of the water. They brought it into a warehouse. And then for another 10 years, I believe, they couldn't um, get all the, the gunk off of the ship. So they started hosing some stuff off, but the weight of the water in the boards was going to destroy the ship. And they couldn't just dry the ship out because to dry the wood would make it crack and split. So what they did is they ended up saturating the wood. They put these sprayers on it where it would spray for 20 minutes, then it would be off for like 20 minutes. They did it seven days a week, I think for 10 years, this glycol and water mixture, which replaced the water in the wood with this other chemical and basically preserved the wood in its full size. And it created all these little stalactites on it when it did it. But after 10 years, basically the wood had lost all the water, soaked up all the glycol, and and now it was ready to be restored. And now they spent the last 10 years still restoring it. And I guess it's the number one, the Vasa Museum in Stockholm is the number one tourist attraction in Stockholm as far as like a historical tourist attraction. I was just like, to work on one thing for multiple decades. I mean, you could have two or three generations of people working on one obscure wreck, but it is the only remaining ship from that era in the world and so archaeologists naval naval historians and stuff they all love love the ship and it is a cautionary tale like the smithsonian.org article stated to anyone that invents technology because basically they wanted this thing to be so massive and so amazing but it couldn't actually float and it and it sunk within minutes so very interesting story. Anyway, I found it really interesting. I'm going to do a little more research on it. I want to maybe watch a video on it now that I've read about it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so that was the shipwreck segment of the show, which was, it was a half theme. Right. That was a half theme. The other right. half of the theme is going to be beards, and we're going to talk about that. Hopefully that that part of this, the ship of this show, doesn't wreck yeah. and, you know, wind up. Underwater. I, I am probably like uh, King Adolf II or whatever his name was, <laughs> who who really wanted to be impressive, yeah. and then it sank within while yeah. people were watching from from the docks. I can see a parallel yeah. uh, uh, amassing now. So we'll see. Make sure, listeners, you come back in just a moment. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk about beards and facial hair. So stick around. More live till five, episode two hundred ninety eight here on KHMG. More after this. back with a little more live till five i'm jared baldwin your host episode 298 on this friday january 11th 4:43 p.m here at the khmg studios longest beard in history according to the guinness book of world records got this from guinnessworldrecords.com 
the longest beard from Kinset, Iowa, Hans Langseth. 1927, the beard of Hans Langseth, originally born in Norway, 1846, measured 17 feet 6 inches long at the time of his burial in Kensett, Iowa, 1927, after 15-year residence in the United States. It was presented to the Smithsonian Institute. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know if you have an opinion about facial hair. Some of our listeners probably love beards or mustaches some of you might not like them so much some of you might be goatee people or sideburns people here here's a complete listing of all types of mustaches wonder how many of these you would recognize you have a natural and that's the one that kind of goes beyond the edge of the lips a little bit a painter's brush that's one that ends at the edge of the lips the lampshade that comes over your top lip the chevron comes over your top lip and goes outside, so it's kind of like the natural and the lampshade combined. The handlebar kind of curls up on the sides. The petite handlebar, that's more like what Poirot had. The horseshoe mustache, uh, the horseshoe mustache with soul patch. The English mustache, that's the one that kind of curls up but kind of comes to a long point at the end. The pencil mustache. The toothbrush, toothbrush mustache, that's what Adolf Hitler had. The Dallas mustache, that's kind of like the natural, but it comes down farther below the lip. Cowboy mustache, Wild West mustache, that's like more like a Wyatt Earp type mustache. The gunslinger, the Super uh, Mario, oh yeah, the Super Mario, I see that. The walrus, the Hungarian, the Imperial, the Fu Manchu. The Dali, the Zappa, the, uh, let's see here, Cantiflis, the Ala Sorov, the Freestyle, and the Beard Stash. These are all popular mustache styles. Well, some of them are less popular now, but have been popular. Goatees, you have the classic goatee. That is just under the chin. You have the full goatee, includes a connected mustache with the goatee. The goatee and mustache has just what's on the chin, not connected necessarily to the mustache. The anchor, small mustache, like a natural, and then the sole patch connected to the goatee. Extended goatee, spreads out under the chin line. Goatee with chin strap, that goes all the way up just under the edges up to the sideburns. The handlebar and goatee, ooh, that's classy. Handlebar and chin puff, that uh, makes you look like a French painter. The... Norse skipper, makes you look like Scandinavian. Petite goatee, the goat patch, the soul patch, the balbo, the van dyke, and the rap industry standard. These are all different uh, from the uh, balding beards, complete list of all goatee styles. There's a website with that. So that's also where I got the complete list of all mustache styles. Here's a few facts about beards. This is very interesting. In 1860, an 11-year-old girl named Grace Beadle wrote a letter to the then-presidential hopeful Abraham Lincoln encouraging him to grow a beard to attract more votes. She wrote, You would look a great deal better for your faces so thin. 
Miss Beetle wrote, All the ladies like whiskers, and they would tease their husbands to vote for you, and then you would be president. By the time Lincoln left for the White House, he was fully bearded. Also, talk about holding a grudge. Valentine Tapley, a Democrat from Missouri, vowed to never trim his beard if Abraham Lincoln, a Republican, won the presidency. When Honest Abe took office, Tapley stuck to his promise, and at the time of his death, 50 years later, his beard measured an impressive 12 and a half feet in length. Pretty crazy there. Came across an article, Why are some men's beards a different color than their hair? I have always wondered this. I mean, that is a, a mystery, right? Well, um, the gentleman who I mentioned earlier, who had the 17-foot-long beard, his whiskers, the furthest end of his beard was a vibrant brown, grown out when he was younger. The end, closer to his face, and the end of his life was yellow. While age can certainly influence hair and the beard color, it doesn't explain why a younger man can sport a decidedly different beard tone than what's on the rest of his head. Uh, let's see here. By default, scalp hair is white. It gets its color from melanin, turning everything from jet black to dirty blonde. Phenomelanin infuses hair with red or yellow pigmentation. Eumelanin influences brown and black. Like shades of paint, the two can mix with the same hair shaft. Okay. Uh, but melanin production decreases as we age, which is why hair starts to appear gray. But not all follicles get the same dose of the same combination. While you might sport a light brown top, your beard could be predominantly dark brown or sport patches of lighter hairs and spots. Eyebrow hair will probably appear darker because those follicles tend to produce more eumelanin. And so uh, you got a number of people, like we even have one gentleman here, I won't mention his name, but TP, he's grown out a big, huge beard, and his beard has uh, multiple colors in it. Just seems to be the way it is growing out. So there you go. Little beard, little beard talk, mustaches, goatees. Plus, we talked about shipwrecks. All great topics. Conversation starters. Kids, this is something fun to talk about for hours when you get home. Now, stick around. We're going to have a little more live till 5. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show for the day. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 298 on this Friday, January 11th, 4.50 p.m. on the live episode. If you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound or download the podcast from khmg.org. Let us know you're listening through Harvest Family Radio's Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Follow us. You'll get updates every time we upload podcasts of this show and many other great programs. Stick around a little more live till 5 after this short break. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand, Lord. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. This Friday, January 11th episode has flown by. Episode 298, that is. Check out khmg.org, not just for the podcast of this show or the live stream of our radio broadcast, but all the other great programs that we produce and edit. We, we put them on there for your listening enjoyment and your edification. 
Building Great Leaders with Les Olala is produced right here at Harvest Family Radio. Take Note with Chris Harper. Harvest Echoes, sermons that have been preached here in the past here at Harvest. Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin. Harvest Time. Uh, Carson Fremont's program. And a lot of great resources there as well. Check it out. It's really going to be worth your while. And we have a new layout on the website. It's beautiful. Streamlined, easy to get around, easy to find what you're looking for there on the khmg.org website. Love to have you go there and get information. And thank you to those that send us nice comments on Facebook. We really do appreciate that. Uh, We love to hear from you. And there's no electronic device that tells us how many people listen to the radio. Now, we can tell how many people are on the website or how many people are streaming us. But we can't tell how many people listen on the radio. So when we get a nice little note from you, even a few kind words or a new follower on Facebook, that's really special to us. We really do appreciate that. So thank you to those that leave such kind comments. I think we just got a comment today or yesterday, someone listening just kind of out of the blue. Someone sent us a very nice note. So we do appreciate that. We do this as a ministry to you. Harvest Family Radio is a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church. Started over 23 years ago and going to celebrate our 24th anniversary in March, which I think will be just great and uh, special things happening here at Harvest Family Radio. So glad to be able to minister to our island and really all around the world. I know we have people all around the world that listen to this show, but this show is really kind of the least of everything we do here at Harvest Family Radio. There are so many wonderful things that Uh, that come with being able to minister to people here on Guam and around the world with the gospel, preaching and teaching, discipleship programs, music, and just overall edification and information. So we're very glad to be that resource to you, and we want you to get the full benefit of it. That's why we're always asking you to go to our website, go to our Facebook page, etc. You can always stop by and visit the radio station as well. You're always welcome during business hours, Monday to Friday, 8 to 4 p.m., right here at the Harvest Campus on the third story directly above the hub. So stop by the coffee shop, get yourself something nice to drink, and then come up the stairway behind the hub to the third story and uh, come by and visit Sebastian and Chris and Deborah. Uh, you'll, you'll really get to see kind of what happens behind the scenes. Now, I want to invite you to church this Sunday. I'm one of the pastors here at Harvest Baptist Church, and uh, if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come check us out. 10.30 a.m. is our Sunday morning worship service, but at 9.30 a.m. starting this Sunday, we have what's called Discovery Class. It's a brand new class going to be taught by Pastor Gary Walton, and it's open to anyone that would like to come. It's going to be in the church conference room at 9.30 a.m. Come by the hub at 9.15, get a free cup of coffee, then head down to the conference room where Pastor Gary Walton will be starting this new discovery class. It's for new believers or people that just need to get built up in the basics of their Christian faith. We have a doctrines class with Pastor Brian Leonards. That's kind of like the next level, and that's a little deeper study into Bible doctrines. We have a class in the auditorium by none other than Chris Harper, station manager of KHMG. is going to be teaching on Christian character, what the Bible has to say about that. We have a class that's focus primarily on reaching Micronesian people. We have a class primarily reaching Japanese people. We have teen class, children's class, 
and uh, just a lot of neat things. I'm going to be doing a foundations class as well, which is a prerequisite for joining Harvest Baptist Church. So I want to invite you because there's just so many opportunities. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come check us out. 9.30 are all those classes, 10.30 a.m. in the church auditorium for our Sunday morning worship service. 6 p.m. is the evening family Bible hour, and it's a little different than the Sunday morning service, a little more casual, a little more practical. Kids are in there with us, and uh, it's a great time, a lot of singing and and, uh, being edified by God's Word. Then, of course, we have a number of Wednesday night classes that are starting up uh, next week as well here at Harvest. So a lot going on, a lot there for you and the whole family. And again, if you don't have a church home, or if you're going to a church but they really don't use God's Word, they don't preach the Word, I would encourage you to maybe come visit us here at Harvest Baptist Church. And if you do, let me know that you came because you heard about it on the radio. That's always a big encouragement to us. And that about wraps it up for this episode, 298 of Live Till 5. It's Friday, January 11th. If you're listening to live episode, rebroadcasting on Saturday the 12th or Sunday night the 13th. Glad to have you with us. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Have a great weekend.